this team has nothing but a winning pedigree. Um, and this is the organization that I wanted to be around. I'm happy to be a part of it, being back in my, uh, my old roots, coming back from LSU. It feels good to be back in, in the purple and yellow. So I'm excited to be here. Um, I can't wait to see how the season is going to unfold for us. Hey everyone, Gabe Henderson here from the Vikings Entertainment Network alongside Vikings.com audio producer and my co-host Chris Corso. Welcome to a special edition, KFA in edition of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Tonight we are joined by NFL insider Adam Kaplan of Sirius XM NFL Radio who has been covering the Vikings and the NFL for over two decades and he does great work. He's been on top of every, just about every single free agent signing thus far in this COVID salary cap year. And uh, Adam, speaking of, you know, wild and crazy, I mean, the Patriots go crazy day one of free agency. There are 18 starting quarterbacks with supposedly unclear futures. Uh, Patrick Peterson's agent reaches out to the Vikings. Is this the wildest free agency that you have witnessed in your career thus far? It's definitely different. I remember coming out of lockout in 2011. That was the strangest because remember for the first time, everything was flip-flopped. You had free agency starting right hugging up at the start of training camp, which is bizarre. So you would, you would literally have trades and jobs would have to be one in two or three weeks. Then we had the COVID issue last year, which we still have, but it's not as quite as bad. And then you had so many teams Though the, the, the massive releases of players did not happen like so many people were predicting, thankfully. Uh, what you had is, though, a lot of teams were not spending quite like they would. The Vikings would be one of them. The, the Vikings have historically have gotten involved in free agency selectively, but got involved in it. But because of their cap issue, they, they had to be more judicious with their money. And Rob Brzezinski, they're, they're, the guy who does the contracts, does a phenomenal job. Did a very good job on Patrick Peterson's contract. You know, but overall... Rick Spielman and his front office, which lost the great George Payton to the Broncos, who's now the GM, they've had to take a little bit of a different approach, and, and that's kind of where we're at in free agency right now. Now, you talk about that different approach, and you mentioned Rob Brzezinski. I know you guys go back a long way. I believe we've had that conversation before. How has he been able to really manipulate the salary cap this year? They were expecting it to be way higher than that 180 million whatever mark that it's at. So how has Brzezinski been able to manipulate the cap and bring in a guy like Patrick Peterson in a year where you didn't expect that to happen? Yeah, well, obviously they restructured contracts. Um, this is a tool that you have, and they were able to do that to clear up some cap space. So you're creating cap space now. You're having higher cap numbers for those same players down the road. That's just the, what you do with, with restructures. And you're able to do some maneuvering, but you have to be careful how many you do because what happens is if you structure a massive amount of contracts and these players, you have to cut these players early, you take on a massive amount of dead money in the same year. You don't want to do that, so you got to be careful about who you restructure and when you do it. But that's how they did it, and that's how they cleared up uh, you know, a, a lot of cap space. And, and, and by the way, what I'd also like to say is one of the things I like about their approach is you're going to see a lot of young players on the field this season. That's the thing that I like about the Vikings drafts recently with Rick Spielman. He's drafted so well. Obviously, Jefferson looks like he's going to be an absolute stud at wide receiver, but he's going to play regardless. But you're going to see Cam Dancer, who was a good story last season. Jeff Gladney's got to play. Harrison Hamm from Temple, who I know. I watched him at Temple. Mike Hughes now just got to stay on the field with the injuries. We know about Patrick Peterson as an older guy. We'll get to him. But you're going to see these young corners play, and I look forward to seeing that. So with all these pieces, right? I mean, we added some pieces in free agency, these young guys going into year two. How many pieces away are the Vikings from being a legit contender? I mean, I'm just going to say NFC 
NFC title contender before we talk Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I would say I would say Gabe, when when I look at my needs board for them, I do a needs board and I run it by NFL teams because they look at every single team. This is how they figure out the draft. The roster tells you where they're at. Left tackle, guard, safety, wide receiver depth, number two qu- quarterback, which you do you you may or may not draft. You may just sign a veteran. They're not a lot out there anymore, but those would be the chief needs for me. Obviously, left tackle something they got to fill one way or the other. Uh, which now became a need with Riley Reef out. Guard is obvious when you when you look at the roster. Cleveland's one of them, but who's going to be the other guard? We'll, we'll have we'll find that out in the coming weeks. And you know, safety uh, uh, with Anthony Harris now playing in Philly, um, they got to figure out who's going to play opposite Harrison Smith. And then, you know, one other thing. Not that we're we're saying Smith is old, but you never want to wait till it's too late to draft somebody's replacement. So you got to figure at 32 years old, maybe he's got two really good years left in him. Safety's rarely playing in the mid-30s. It just really happens. John Lynch, the, the Niners GM, was able to do it, but very few do it because of the collisions and so forth. The smart teams always draft in advance of a guy uh, you know, deciding to retire. Again, I'm not saying he's retiring anytime soon, but, but you, you always want to have that in the back of your mind. Hey, you know what? We might start thinking about grooming someone to be Harrison's replacement. Do you have a few safeties in mind? No, not really. I'm just I'm okay. just taking a general overview. Safety is a tough position because the Vikings historically have played two deep safeties. It's a very specific front, a scheme that Zimmer runs. And it's not for every safety. Like, you know, you know, obviously Howard Smith, you can line up in the box, you can line up everywhere. But the other safety is not going to be down in the box. He's going to be he's going to be playing post. You know, we're we're, we're still five weeks away from the draft now. So it, it's I would have a better idea if you asked me a week before the draft, okay, here are the guys. But again, I think if you're a Viking fan, uh, the needs are clear. Left tackle, guard, safety, wide receiver depth, number two quarterback. Now, some uh, some Viking fans might argue some other positions as well, and I wouldn't argue with you. But those are the, the those are the needs off the top that uh, other teams have mentioned to me. Gabe and I have talked, and I think the biggest need for the Vikings was to get a veteran cornerback in the building. That was that was the number one for me. And when I saw the Patrick Peterson news come about, I was shocked because first of all, he's one of my favorite corners in the league uh, for a long time now, and you don't ever hear of a player's agent calling a general manager of a team that they handpicked in the Delta Sky Lounge, as Rick Spielman puts it, and then Rick calls Rob and says, hey, let's get some cap space and get this done. I mean, can you think of a situation where that, where that has happened with a player of, of Patrick Peterson's caliber? You might remember some years ago, uh, Frank Gore backed out of an agreement. He didn't sign anything. He backed out of agreement with the Eagles. So what happened was DeMarco Murray's agents called the Eagles because they were like, you know, they wanted to see what they were going to do. And the Eagles did not have DeMarco Murray on the ro- their radar uh, they thought he was going to go back to Dallas. So that wow. regime, that regime then, Chip Kelly, Eagles head coach of personnel control, uh, they, they had done their film work, but not super intensive. So they went back, watched the tape more, and they worked out a deal. Unfortunately, he wound, wound up uh, only playing one year for Philly. But just to compare the two, this is a thing where you talk about agents calling teams. Usually for leverage, you wait till the team calls you. But that, that one was fascinating because there was a running joke with Eagle fans, is Frank Gore? Frank Gore is one, one of the best Eagles that ever played for him. <laughs> so I'm gonna have you put on your your GM cap for for this next question because um we know that the draft is getting closer with the salary cap. We're not gonna see too many more free agent signings. So if you're the Vikings, right, and you're Rick Spielman, who who are you going with that number 14 pick? Amit's everything that has happened in all the free agent signings that we have uh, acquired this offseason. Yeah. Um, it, again, if, so you've got 13 teams in ahead of you. Now, corner, they do not need. They have a bunch of young corners plus Peterson. Now, Rick Spielman has been in this business a long time. You always take the best player available at a position of need with an asterisk. 
if someone drops to you that you are not expecting, you got to take that player. I remember uh, my friend Bill Polian, the Hall of Fame general manager, telling me when we worked at ESPN together, you never, ever turn down an upgrade. If somehow one of the top corners drops there, again, they, if Farley drops to them at 14, I don't expect him to be there. Or, or Patrick Sertain Jr., or it's the second, he shouldn't be there. But if he drops, you got to look at that. Now, me personally, I take Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. He's going to go somewhere in the mid-first round. He's not a left tackle. See, that's, that's the problem. They need a left tackle right now. Uh, again, it just depends on who is available. Uh, to me, you're going to take an edge rusher or you're going to take a D tackle. Pay the kid from Michigan is a guy to look at. He's going to go somewhere in the middle of the first round. I don't think Michael Parsons makes it to them. But Michael Parsons had an unbelievable pro day workout, right? Yeah, yeah. So he shouldn't go there. I know pro days, you don't want to overrate them. I put him somewhere between 8 and 15. So I, I don't think he makes it. It's clear to me it's got to be a position – of left tackle, I don't think there's anyone there right now. There's certainly guards there you could look at. Um, Slater is the, the kid that I like from Northwestern, who's an absolute stud of a player. Yeah, he is. Um, he, he, to me, that would be a great pick because the one area Rick has not done as well. Overall, he's one of the better drafting GMs. But one of the areas where he could do a better job is building the offensive line. I, I think he's going to wind up nailing the Harris, the um, Brian O'Neill pick at right tackle. But he, he needs to fortify this offensive line. Uh, they've got three guys we know are going to play, Cleveland, Bradbury, and O'Neal. You need to see who's playing left guard and left tackle. Uh, Slater could be what, that other guard. He's an absolute stud. Northwestern, you know he's really, really good. You could, he's dependable. The Penn State kid, um, Owe, we'll see where he goes. Uh, I think he goes a little bit later than the Vikings. There, there's a variety of ways they can go there. The, the, and, and, and I wouldn't rule a trade down as well because the Vikings have so many needs. What can they do to get back to where they once were? And as, as uh, John Lynch told me, the 49ers GM, it was, I was sitting in his office three years ago, he held up this car that said, you cannot solve every issue in one offseason. You just can't. And that's yeah. why you go by your board, you stick by it, and Rick does that, and you start crossing off those needs as you go through the draft. And if you haven't filled them all, you sign a couple guys after the draft. Now, there's been some speculation about if Devontae Smith from Alabama, the wide receiver, falls to the Vikings at 14 – I mean, you mentioned all those other positions, but a wide receiver three, I know you go back to the Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed days. I mean, you got Justin Jefferson who won a national championship at LSU. Now you got another guy who has done some big things as well at Alabama. I mean, what are you doing if he falls? Well, Chris, here's the deal. Is it an absolute need? Depth-wise, it sure as heck is. There's no question they need depth on the outside. BC Johnson's been a nice story as a seventh rounder. But I don't know that you want him starting if, if Jefferson or Thielen s- suffered an injury. He's done. He's had a fill-in before for Thielen. But, and again, he's a nice story. Don't get me wrong. He's been amazing uh, as a seventh-rounder. Got, they've got great value at him. But they could certainly upgrade there. And as I've learned the hard way, it only takes one team to like a player. So, you know, don't quote me if Smith goes ahead of Waddle. Again, it's, that's the majority of the teams that I respect. You know, get the draft. They've had, they've had Waddle over Smith. I would take him in a heartbeat because the one thing they don't have on the roster is a burner. Smith uh, Jefferson runs a lot better than I thought. He's not a burner. Thielen's in his 30s. He's not a burner. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they could do that. You know, it's funny. Chizena, the uh, special teamer, Yeah, uh, he runs really well, by the way. I know he'll never play receiver <laughs> for them, but he's a kid uh, uh, out of Penn State who he got on everyone's radar because of his 40 time. He was not a guy that anyone would have even signed after the draft. He was faster than Barkley, faster than Saquon Barkley. 
Yeah, it was unbelievable because I remember I never heard of him, and a, t- a couple teams told me about him for the draft. I'm like, who is this kid? And I follow Penn State. And I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> he made our roster literally because of how fast he could run down, down the field. They did a great job there. I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to go too far in the weeds on that one. That that's a long. I know the whole story with that one. That that one take me 15 minutes, but uh, that's a phenomenal job by Rick and his staff. So I mean. <laughs> the best player available on the draft board is where the Vikings should go. I mean, I feel like that's every GM's goal yeah. uh, going into the draft, right? I mean, that's... See, here's the th- Again, do they need a corner? No. Gabe, they don't need a corner. They're, they're loaded there. Plus, but if if Rick and his staff... Let's say I don't think Farley would be there, okay? Again, I don't think he will be. But let's just say Farley's there at 14. They have to ask themselves this question. Is he better than everyone we have? If the answer is yes, you take him. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks. You just have to be right. Last question for me. I mean, I've been with the Vikings since 2015. We've only drafted one quarterback, and that's Nate Stanley out of the University of Iowa. So do you see Rick Spielman and Rob Brzezinski taking a quarterback, whether it's early in this draft or at some point, uh, to eventually uh, kind of be – or even if, even if it's just to provide depth for Kirk Cousins? Um. Well, they wouldn't take one in the first round because they're they're locked in. Um, Cousins' money is they're locked in to Kirk next year. So no, I they wouldn't do that. That would be the biggest upset. If you thought Mitch Trubisky was a surprise in in twenty seventeen, I was at that draft in Philly. That would be a bigger surprise if they spent what. It's just not going to happen. Uh, I'm, now I'm not saying they wouldn't draft one in the third or fourth round. I know they like Nate Stanley as a fact, but um, I, it would not surprise me because if you look at what they have in the draft. They've got six picks in rounds three and four, two in the third and four in the fourth. Absolutely, they could draft um, a, a quarterback in those rounds. Hmm. Well, Kaplan, I appreciate your time today. I know fans can follow you on Twitter at Kaplan NFL, right? You got it. Yep, C-A-P-L-A-N NFL. And where else can fans uh, follow follow you uh, or you know your radio shows and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. You, and um, you could see me on with Scott Farrell on Sports Grid, uh, which is um, over-the-top um, service. We do we do two hits a week on uh, Tuesdays and Friday Central Time. Uh, ju- just follow me on Twitter because um, they they they're good at promoting it. And I also do one on Sunday mornings, which is apparently they're they're all live by the way. And they they put some of the clips up. Um, I'm sure we will get to the Vikings soon. In terms of uh, oh, by the way, on on uh, my show I host w- with Jeff Mosher, we're having Greg Cosell from NFL Films on next oh, week. Wow. We're doing a we're doing wow. a series of draft shows with with Greg. And trust me, we'll be talking about the Vikings with him. So we will absolutely have them. Looking forward to it. I'm sure that'll eventually end up on Vikings.com also when you guys talk about Vikings. So, guys, make sure you stay tuned uh, to Vikings.com for all the latest up-to-date news regarding the Purple. Uh, Adam, thank you again for your time today. Guys, you got it. Thank you. And for Chris Corso, Adam, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning in to another edition of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Skull.